What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of The Mental Golf Show. I'm your host, Josh Nichols. And on today's episode, I want to tell a story. So I've told the story a few times of my U.S. Mid-Am tournament that I played really well in 2017. And the farther I get away from that, the more it feels uh, stale, I guess, or like I'm still hanging on to the past, like a like a high school, uh, like a guy that his best years of his life were in high school, and he's still living in that world in his in his mind. And you know, he's 33, and he's still talking about the old high school days, and it feels kind of like that. But you know, it's it's been two and a half years since that mid am, and I've I learned so much from it that I keep going back to it and keep learning from it. So recently, I I was going back through my old correspondence with my swing coach and what we used to do uh, back when I first started working with him was I would send him every single day, I would send him three things I did well yesterday, one thing that I want to improve today, and then specifically how will I improve that one thing today. And I I just remember when I started out doing that with him, it started, you know, I hit range balls. Uh, number two, I putted. And number three, I chipped around the short game area. And what do I want to improve? I want to get better at my swing. And how am I going to do that? I'm going to work. I'm going to do, I'm going to rehearse the motion over and over and over. And that's how those three, what I call three and one, that's how those started out. But after a few months of doing it, I started getting much more elaborate and much more I was telling more of a story and I was getting more involved in in the process of doing this 3 in 1 and I cared more about it. I I I realized its value and I realized that um what it was doing for me was was telling me that yesterday was not a loss. Even though not much happened, I still did three things well. And even if it was kind of a gross day, like today here in Morrisville, over in the Raleigh area, it's nasty. But you could still do three good things. And tomorrow morning, you could relive those three things and say, you know what? It was gross. I felt lazy. I didn't do much but I did these three good things. And it kept me focused on that, uh, on those positives. And um, and sometimes when I get a little stuck these days and I don't really know, you know, uh, you know what, what value am I bringing to the table? What, how am I helping other players? Uh, do I really know what I'm talking about? And I get in these kind of ruts and um, every once in a while, I'll go back to 2017 when I, when I was pouring all of myself into my preparation and working hard and doing these things every single day and improving, and it it's like obvious and clear. And I've got a note on my computer that that has all of my old correspondence with my coach, so I can see, like it's right here, in right in front of me what I was doing and how I was doing it and I was very descriptive. So I, I like going back to this every once in a while and over the last couple of days I I was going back through these to look at them and, and just see my own improvement and how I was doing. 
Um, and I kind of, I came onto this one. I, so I've told the story about the U.S. Mid-Am a lot and multiple times. If you're familiar with this podcast or you've been listening, then you know my story with the U.S. Mid-Am. And I finished runner-up in 2017. It was one of the most amazing weeks of my life. Uh, just full of memories and learning and just so rich and uh, dense with with golf and c- competition and just battling myself and the course and other players. It was just awesome. It was one of the most amazing experiences of my life. But in order to get there, I had to qualify. I wasn't always the shoe-in for U.S. Mid-Ams like I am now. I'm just kidding. I'm not a shoe-in. I'm still riding the back of the exemptions from this tournament. But I used to have to qualify. And as a sidebar, I to this year, 2020, is my final year of exemptions into U.S. Mid-Ams. So if I don't play well in this U.S. Mid-Am, I'm going to have to qualify next year. And I'm not playing that much lately. My game is very rusty, so... That will be a story throughout this year is can I get my game good enough by September to finish in the final eight in the U.S. Mid-Am to not have to qualify. So that is a story in and of itself. But um, yeah, so this 2017 U.S. Mid-Am, my, my, the peak achievement of my golfing career, I had to qualify for. So I was going back through these old three-in-ones and this correspondence I was having with my coach and uh, I see right here, August 22nd, 2017, I told the story of the qualifier for the 2017 U.S. Mid-Am. It was at Colonial in High Point. And uh, yeah, I'll just, I'll just read the story. So, yesterday was the single greatest round I've ever played. No, it wasn't the lowest score. No, it wasn't the best I've ever hit the ball or putted. It was simply the greatest mental round I've ever had. So I step up on the first tee, and I'm amped and way too anxious. So I'm basically internally yelling at myself, pick a target, let it rip, accept the result. That used to be my mantra, still is when I'm playing. Uh, That's the thing I tell myself. Uh, I say pick a target, and I pick my target. I, As I'm walking into the ball, I say let it rip. And before I pull the trigger, I say, accept the result. So no matter where the ball goes, I accept it. And this this was my mantra back then. I was religious about it. I would say, pick a target, let it rip, accept the result. But in this qualifier, I just couldn't relax. This was the story for every shot and every putt for the first eight holes. I just couldn't do it. I couldn't get myself to not care. I wanted to qualify way too much. And after bogeying eight to go to two over, I told myself, well, good job, Josh. You wanting it so bad just ruined it for yourself. So I, I was kind of down in the dumps. I, I was caring too much. I was too amped. I was two over through eight holes. Usually, uh, even par, one under, two under gets in. And, you know, being two over through eight, I mean, you have like half the round left and it's hard. It's hard to get four back. It's hard, or it's hard to get two back even. It's just, you wish you were even through eight or one under or two under. So my caring ruined it for myself was what I thought in my head. So then I birdied nine 
and then I eagled 10, and then I had a great par on 11, then I birdied 12, and then I birdied 13. I went from two over to three under in five holes. This run was unlike anything I've ever felt. I wasn't juiced anymore, I wasn't anxious, I didn't care. The talk I had with myself after eight finally broke through my thick skull. I started striping it and rolling it without fear. So I, I was amped up, I played bad, I got the two over, and then I just kinda, I said, you know what? I don't know why I'm caring so much, I'm gonna stop caring. And then I went on this run of, of five under in five holes. And I got the three under. So at that point, I'm, I'm like, oh my goodness, I just got myself back into this. I could qualify. I could qualify for my second U.S. Mid-Am. And, uh, but it wasn't over there. I promptly pump one OB on 13, and I made a triple. I erased all of that clawing back. So to recap, I, I was two over through eight, and then I was three under through, uh, looks like 13, two over through eight, three under through 13, and now back to even through 14. So as I say here, I was in the grave, I got myself out of it, then got right back in the grave and covered myself with dirt. So now I'm forced to accept. I've never had to accept something like this in golf. This was the ultimate test for me. It would have been so easy to give up, but I refused. So I parred the 200-yard par 315th. I remember this hole, and those familiar with Colonial, it's a tough hole, uh, and we were playing it from the tips. It's a USGA qualifier. It was long. It was tough. I parred the 15th. Then I hit two great shots and a great putt on 16, uh, but I made par. I missed the birdie putt. And 16's a cool hole. It dogleg rights around the... Uh, Dog legs right around the uh, like this big lake. Um, so I hit two really good shots. I was nervous because I mean there's all this water and and it's trouble left. I hit two great shots and a great putt on 16, but made par. The 17th hole is a tough 192 yard par three with like a cockeyed green, uh, and the pin was like tucked over the. F- I guess I think there's like a front bunker, and the the greens were firm that day. So I knew it had to be perfect. And I laced a five iron to 14 feet. And I made the sweeping right to lefter for birdie. I remember this putt. It was like, so most greens like can't from back to front. But this one, because of the front bunker, made it tricky. So it like, it like sloped from front to back right on the other side of that bunker. So I had to go against my intuition and, and play it right to left. And I made that 14-footer. And then on 18, I hit a great tee shot. So at this point, I am one under. And I know I'm right there. Like, I'm, if, probably if I make a birdie, I'm going to qualify. I I had an internal dialogue that two under would make it. I'm not sure why. I don't normally do that or have a good perception of it. Um, But I felt like I was right in it. Um, I guess I had a good enough feel for the course and for my game and like if I'm playing this way and 
it's tough to get to one under or two under, then it must be a good score to qualify. So I kind of had this internal thing that two under was was a good number to get to. But I'm sitting at one under on 18T. Uh, so on 18, I hit a great tee shot. Then I miss hit a pitching wedge, but it ended up 15 feet. And I kid you not, this 15-footer was a triple breaker. And I gutted it for birdie. And man, did that feel good. I finished it two under. I had no idea whether I qualified or not, but I had conquered myself. I conquered my mind. And then I say, I'll remember this round for a very, very long time. And I do remember that round. I remember it so clearly. Normally I can't recall rounds that well, but this round was so special because I I like learned like three life lessons all in one round. Like, first of all, you go into these tournaments and you know, like, three people are qualifying and it's going to, you're you're going to have to beat, like, 80 other people to qualify. Right there, it's, you know, it's hard. So, the other backstory, like, some more context, I'm, I'm like, getting better and better and playing well. And I've, I played in the U.S. Mid-Am the year before as my first U.S. Mid-Am and I qualified to get into that one. So, there's the expectation that... If you don't qualify the year after, you're getting worse. Like, you just worked, you just practiced so hard for a year, and you don't qualify, that means you're worse than you were the year before. And there's all these, like, uh, lies that you tell yourself, and that golfers tell themselves, and, you know, all this buildup leading into this one qualifier and this one round. And so, obviously, you're going to get amped up. And so I I learned after eight holes that being amped up and caring this much does not help. At least me, and I would say most people, the players that I work with, it doesn't help them to be that amped up. And I would probably say 99% of golfers are hindered by being that amped up, by putting that high of expectations and pressure on yourself. That doesn't help. So I learned that after eight holes. So I said, you know what? I'm not going to care. And then I learned after the next five holes, the less I care, the better I play. The more relaxed I am, the lower my expectations are, the better I play. And it was a direct correlation. I I birdied nine, I eagled 10, part 11, birdied 12, birdied 13. That was a direct result of, of relaxing and and caring less or worrying less about the result and about qualifying and about meeting my own expectations. I let those go. And and then I learned immediately right again. This is how short-sighted I am and and you know generally how golfers are. They we have just too short of a memory. We forgot the lesson that we learned 5 holes earlier. And immediately I got amped up again. Immediately I put the expectation that, whoa, I'm back in this. And then I hit one out of bounds and make a triple. So it's like immediately I I had to learn another lesson. And this time I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna miss the lesson. After hole 14, I said, you know what? I'm going to accept where I am. I'm right back where I started. I'm even par, which is crazy. All of that chaos could have just not happened. I could have made 13, 14 straight pars and been the same 
place. But instead, I learned lessons, and and I believe that happened for a reason. I I those things happened to me for a great reason for me to learn multiple lessons. So this time I said, you know what? I'm going to accept it. Whatever happens, happens. I'm going to hit one shot at a time. I've got one job. It's not to worry about the 14 holes prior. It's not to, w- to wish I could make another eagle. It's not to hope that I make a birdie. It's not I want to go on another uh, birdie run. You know, it's all these things I'm having to set aside. I'm not amped up anymore. I'm not worried about last year. I'm not worried about making it to Atlanta to play in the U.S. Mid-Am. These things don't matter. All that matters is my next shot. And and I just, I stripped everything away and focused on that. And I know that's a lesson for for myself. It was a lesson then. And I know it's a lesson for you that are listening. That if you can strip away all of the expectations, all of the pressure, all of the external things, and boil the round of golf down to one thing and the one thing that matters, and it's the next shot. And it's it's focusing on the thing that you have to do. And I say this, I'm a broken record. I say this over and over and over again to my players on this podcast, to to everyone that I talk to about golf, and to myself. I say it to myself a million times over. There's one thing that matters in golf, and that's hitting the next shot only, and pouring yourself into it, pouring yourself into the perfect execution of that shot. And nothing else matters but that when you're playing golf, especially when you're playing competitive golf. And I just know that golf is better and life is better when you're focused on the essential and and you take away all the distractions and all the external expectations that people put on you and yourself. And uh, and I know it can be more, more relaxing and in accepting where you are and, and what you have to do um, is the first step to freedom and peace and joy on the golf course and enjoyment. And, and ultimately, I think it will help you play better over the long haul, over, you know, a year's worth of accepting and stripping away the inessential. Um, and, and that's the lesson that I learned, and that's the lesson that I, I hope you can learn, and I hope, I hope this helps you uh, in your next round and during this winter of preparing for this season. Try to, try to pinpoint what it is that, that raises the pressure and raises the importance that over this last year, kind of take an, uh, an inventory of, of your tournaments or your rounds of golf where things went well and where things went poorly and correlate that to how much importance you gave it or what frame of mind you were in and, and realize, hopefully, I think you'll realize that when you were more relaxed, you played better. And you need, going into this spring, going into 2020 and all the golf that you're going to play, you need to improve from 2019. You need to learn from your experiences. And you need to meditate and, and think about 
how you're going to lower the expectations for yourself and strip away the inessential and and lower the pressure and lower lower the the self intensity and the self importance that you put on your on your game when you play a tournament or a round of golf and that's that's what's going to be important in 2020 is learning from your experiences in the past and applying them to your future and i know you can do it i know i was able to do it in the middle of this one round and i was able to do it Throughout the course of 2017, I was able to learn from my experiences and and strip away the pressure and the tension, and uh, and help myself play with more freedom and more f- enjoyment. So that's the goal. That's my goal for myself for 2020. That's my goal for you. I hope that's your goal for yourself is to is to play with acceptance and freedom. So I hope this helped. Um, if you have any questions. You can head to joshnicholsgolf.com or you can contact me directly. My email is joshlukenichols at gmail.com or you can text me. My phone number is 336-399-1825. I hope you've been enjoying these podcasts. Uh, I try to put them out as regularly as possible. Uh, I've got some more interviews with coaches coming up and uh, just some awesome coaches and some great, great things that you can learn. Uh, But yeah, till then, till the next one, I hope you guys have a wonderful week and I'll talk to you later.